0: God wants us whole in every area. Will you say that God wants me whole in every area? Let me show you something. Luke 4.18. Because many have been trapped and they're stuck in tradition. So when they hear truths being dispensed, it's hard to accept and receive because they're so bound by tradition. That's why I sometimes investigate before you just kick it and throw it away. There may be some truth to it. And just because you have never heard certain things, that doesn't mean that it's not true. You see, that's the thing about tradition. You can hear the wrong thing so much that when you hear truth, you kick it away. Immediately, it's denied. Uh. The spirit of the Lord, let me show you one of the reasons why Jesus came. Listen to what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. He's not talking about that organ inside of you that pumps blood through your veins. Broken hearted, anytime you see the word heart in the Greek, it's the Greek word cardia, It's talking about the character of man, the will of man. The emotions of a man, his mind. So here when he says he came to heal the broken hearted, he's talking about those who have been crushed, those who have been bruised, those who have been fractured mentally. (sighs) Are you here to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover a sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed? So here he's talking about he came that I may be healed. God does not desire that I'm fractured mentally. And if truth be told, uh, and and I said this throughout our Wednesday night teaching, that and it's not in a negative sense, but there there is no what we call perfect family. Every family, even the Huxtables (laughs) and the Joneses have experienced levels of dysfunction. And when I say dysfunction, I'm talking about lacking perfection. In other words, there were areas even in that family or this family, no matter how poor or how affluent they were, there were levels of dysfunction. In other words, not functioning at full optimum or full level or optimum level. That's why you can see sometimes people who have money, be it, you know, it, they see have mental Issues. Why would he commit suicide if he was a millionaire? Fractured. Why would she do that? And you would think, you know, based upon her social media profile, she had everything fractured mentally. That's why the Bible tells us to look to Him and be saved. Not just saved uh, relative to your soul, but delivered, preserved, get victory. To prosper. Look to him. He is the only one that could save. (laughs) And think about it like this. And thank God for all those he has placed in the earth realm to help us make sense out of life issues and things. But he is our creator. So nobody knows you better than the one who created you. And I'm saying that to say that if he says something, i receive it. Now, notice Jesus said he sent me to heal. So I say heal, okay? And I share this. That word heal in the Greek, it means supernatural healing that brings attention to the Lord as our great physician healer. So in other words, when we look to him, when we take his words, Sister him. And, 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 and come into agreement with it, that activates the supernatural. You got to remember his word is alive. It's active. It has energy. It's powerful. It brings to life anything that is dead. Why? Because it's living. That's why you can use the word and bring dead things to life. You can use the word and bring fractured things to wholeness. You can use the word and bring things that have been afflicted with infirmities made whole. Why? Because the word is alive. So that word heal, it's a supernatural healing. And when I say supernatural, we're talking about that which is above or beyond the natural. That's what brings attention to God. Why? Because you've been seeing this person for three years, but you've been in this word for several months. And because you came into agreement with the word, he accelerated what some, in in my opinion, opinion, really don't want you to be well. Why? Because now it takes money out of my pocket. Some don't get upset. Are you here? So, there he's talking about a supernatural healing, what a accelerated healing. So, it shouldn't we should we shouldn't, you know, once I get in this word, it shouldn't take me years to get over those issues. Why? Because he's gonna do a supernatural thing, he's gonna accelerate. This thing, he's going to speed this thing up. <sighs> See, that shows the awesomeness of God. Again, it brings it's, It talks about a supernatural healing that brings attention, man of God, to God as our great physician healer. That's why he's called Jehovah Rapha, our great physician healer. Are you here? So this type of listen to me, this type of healing is a supernatural healing that brings attention to the Lord Himself as our great physician healer. So the so because of this thing and it happen in the, the turnaround will be visible. The attention should be on who? Y'all yeah, missing it? So. When, you, when we see you acting like you got sense, the attention should be on him. Yeah, well, you know, I did this and I did that and I. No, the attention should be brought on him. If you remember the 10 lepers that got healed, and the Bible says, as they went, They they were healed as they went, but one, let let, let me show you, Uh, I think it's Luke 17, 15, but one man of God, he, when he recognized that supernatural healing, he began to give glory to, let me show you, see what, in other words, because of that supernatural healing, it brings attention to God, look at, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God so when you come into agreement with God and you see that supernatural manifestation it should bring attention to him but see there were ten healed or cleansed but only one there are many believers walking in some new realities of life but only a few give glory to when we all should be giving glory to And and, and let me say this. Now, again, so when we come into agreement, those areas where we are fractured and bruised, he accelerates the healing. Daughter, son, you are not supposed to still be dealing with those issues. Those issues should be long gone. That's why we have to come into agreement with this word, by that renovation. we cause a transformation. Be ye transformed by the renew. Let me show you something. So he doesn't want us fractured. Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper. In all things and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So how you excel in every other area is only to the degree that your mind is being renewed. Now, And and let me say this because it bears repeating. As a believer, someone say as a believer, you can be heavily oppressed, suppressed, repressed but not possessed by a demon let me see. now you can be so heavily oppressed that it looks like you like you are possessed but as a believer because the greater one is on the inside of you, you are not possessed Again you can be suppressed, oppressed repressed. Depressed but not possessed. And, and and I say that because I say that because y- you have a lot of people who think they're cursed. Even some believers believe that they are possessed. I'm talking about someone who really confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior because of the fracture or the nature. Of the fracture. You're not cursed. Uh, let me say this because I sense the Lord wants me to say that. You're not paying for your father's sins, you're not the sacrificial lamb. You're not paying where you are now is not the result of your mama's sins. Listen to me. The f- statement or the phrase, listen to me and hear me clearly and go study your word. The phrase generational curse is not in the Bible. Look it up. The statement, when people say generational curse, that's not in the Bible. And I know where people probably get it from. But the, the statement or the phrase generational curse. Why are y'all looking at me like that? you students. I, I mean, just. just I. We hear it because it's been handed down. Traditionally. All oh, that's a generational curse. So let's see. Oh, the Lord wants us to do this for somebody. Now, let me show you something. Now, we might be products of our parents' propensities and habits and behaviors and actions, but you're not cursed because of what your mother did. So stop saying it's a generational curse. More properly, you probably want to say... It's a generational tendency or habit. You here? Do me a favor. Why are you still trying to find it? Which you're not. Just just follow me for a minute. I see you. Google. Generational curse. Google, Google. Generation. The phrase, you're not going to find it, Minister K, like generational curse. You might see the word generation in the Bible. You might see the word curse. Now, we can take that and blend it together. Just like another thing that y'all quote, the race is not given to the swift. Oh, to the strong, but but to the one who endured to the end. What, those are two different verses that people put together. That's not one complete. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was sharing that with somebody recently. And they went to, and they sent me back. Boom, here it goes. I said, sir, look at the verse. Oh, you're right. It's two different verses. So, so and my point is, we just pick up stuff and quote things. The race is not given to the will, nor the battle to the strong, but the one that endured to the end, the same shall be saved. Well, th- there's a verse from here in the Ecclesiastes, and there's one from the Gospels that people put together. Just like they'll take generational right here and find the word curses and put Come together. Numbers 34, 6, and 7. We're supposed to be in Mark. See, I, I, I need to show you this because there are people who feel like, and whether you're in here or, or watching, there's a lady. Listen, the baby didn't die because of what you did. So I don't know who needed to hear that. It, 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 you see what happens, we let people tell us, well, because you fornicated. That's why the baby died. That I don't know why the baby died, but it didn't die because of what you did. If that was the case, everybody who fornicated and got pregnant, them babies should be dead too. I don't know why the baby died, but you stop saying that God did that. Better yet, stop believing that it was because that you did the thing. Whoever that was for. Did I say numbers? Well, my numbers look different. Maybe, let's try Exodus. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. What translation are you using? (laughs) Let's try Exodus 34. You here? Okay, that's it. Exodus. Thank you. I stand corrected. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, "The Lord, the Lord God merciful and gracious. Listen to this, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy. Do you see this? Verse seven. Keeping mercy for." Thousands forgiven iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, and I think here's where people get this: visiting the iniquity, the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. So you know men have taken that and inserted generational curse. Are you here? But we don't see the statement, generational curses there. Well, it's implying it, It, is it? And here, what Moses is doing, he's making a statement about the character of God, okay? Because he's back up on the mountain for the second time. And you've heard me say this before. Understanding context gives me gives me clarity. Will you say that? And context simply means woven together. So there are things that you have to bend or, or blend together in order to make a complete or get a proper understanding of a, a particular passage of scripture. So you have to understand the language, the culture, the historical setting, things like that. You heard me teach that before, okay? And you've heard me say if we arrive at an at an interpretation of a passage that contradicts a truth taught elsewhere in scriptures, our interpretation cannot be correct. It's not that God's contradicting himself. I just don't understand what I'm reading. So we must compare scripture with other scriptures to discover its full meaning and just give it a nugget sometimes so when you're reading something and it seems convoluted or it seems somewhat perplexing, Always remember this rule, put it in reverse. So let me go back a chapter. Let me go back two chapters. Let me go back a book. Let me go back. So, and that would perhaps help uh, cause one to gain, uh, gain more clarity about what they're reading. But if I just isolate a verse, you can do damage if it's out of context. Are you here? As the student just said, that's what we call... Eisegesis, eisegesis is when you put your own presumptions, ideologies, beliefs onto a text, and it leads you deeper into the tradition. Whereas exegesis is when you give a correct or proper interpretation of the scripture, it leads you out. That's why anytime you hear truth, it should lead you out of whatever you're in. That's why the scripture says, and you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Why? Because it led you out of darkness. Are you here? So, so shortly before this, we have Moses on top of Mount Sinai, for, for, uh, formalizing Israel's covenant, okay? And if you remember, uh, a couple of chapters earlier, he was on top of the Mount Sinai, and the people became impatient. What's taking so long? It don't take that long to pray. It don't take that long to spend time with God. What's taking past so long? He should be out by now. You know how people do. Should have been back. How many more songs we going to sing? Man of God ain't ready yet. He's not ready. Not here though. <laughs> so they became in the a And what did they do? They created An idol to take place of God while God was forming an eternal covenant relationship with them. Look at Exodus 32, uh, maybe, uh, let's do verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. We're supposed to be in Mark. See how God loves you so much? He'll shift something. Just do Now the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain. The people gathered together to Aaron and said to them, come and make us God so that we can go before us. For as, uh, for as this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Keep going. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in the ears and brought them to Aaron. Next verse. And he received the gold from their hand. And he what? Fashioned it with an engraving tool and made it a molding calf. Then they said, this is your God. Oh, Israel, that brought you out of the... See, they were getting into idol worship. So now he's back up Mount Sinai again. And amazingly... God continues his partnership with Israel, not because of their merit, but because of his grace, compassion, and law, you love. Now, you, you got to remember, God knows all things, so he's looking ahead of the future of Israel and the likelihood that y'all will repeat these things again. And we know they didn't because they ended up in exile, exile many years later. Again, idol worship, disobedience, stiff necked. So he says, so it now go back to where we were. So, what he's doing, he wants Israel to know that his patience, listen to this, is not an excuse to continue in this type of betrayal. Are you here? So, So, what's actually taking place in this context, they're confronted. With the concept of generational accountability. So let me tell you what he's saying. So if you dig a little deeper, we'll see that. Let's go back to it. Uh, Where we were. No. uh, Exodus 34. Let me read it. <laughs> See, I'm right here, and you're still looking for generational curse. <laughs> mm. Are you here? Okay. And the Lord of verse 7: Keeping mercy for a thousand years, forgiving iniquity and transgressing and sin. But look, we just read, we can, a lot of things, 27. Keeping mercy for a thousand years, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. By no means clearing the guilty business. So what he was saying, listen, don't, you, you can't take my patience for granted. And, and let me say this. God isn't saying that he'll bring wrath upon totally innocent children for their parents' actions. That's not what he's saying. What God is doing, he's warning his people that each generation will be held accountable if they repeat the sins Of the previous generation. In other words, if you keep repeating this, others are gonna see what you're doing and they're gonna pick up these same habits. And the same thing that happened to you will happen to them because they picked up your tendencies, your habits, the same things you were doing. Not I'm paying for your sin, but I picked up what you were doing. And if I engage in idol worship, the same thing that happened to the generation before would be my demise. That's what he's saying. Not paying. Now, let me show you that. Let me show you something. Now, why is that important? Because even under the, the Moseatic law, children were not required to suffer the penalty for their parents' sin. That wasn't part of the law, was it? How do you know? I don't know, but you sound right. See, we can't we can't always go by that. We have listen let's list what the words say. Deuteronomy 24. Let me show you something. Deuteronomy 24. Deuteronomy 24. 24, 16. How many ever heard of generational curse? And, and you, you hear people they say it out of ignorance. When I say ignorance, not knowing. Yeah, that's a generational curse. Perhaps it's a habit, generational tendency. That's why it's so important that what we say, you know, you know, I access everything walk in unison, because people are more inclined to do what you do, more so than what you say you can tell a child do this and do this, do that all day long, but if they see you doing the exop, the exact opposite, they're more inclined to act like you than to do what you said. That was the point. So if I say something, it, 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 it see, see, and we, and I know we're not getting to today, even in Mark. Seven, seven where we are, if we go on down, he begins to talk about what defiles a man, what comes out of a man. So again, it talks about, you know, then it goes to talk about, uh, you said no a tree by the fruit of bear as well. It, it's what's really in, in, in that person. Okay? So if, if I say something, if it's really in me, then my actions should line up with... I'm going to tell you, in children... They're led by what's caught more so than what's taught. So if you want them to do what you say, it's, 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 it's good that if you will do what you say. So again, generational curse, that phrase is not in the Bible. Are you here? So again, you might pick up tendency, tendencies and habits, cultures, But you are not cursed, nor are you paying for the sins of your father or mother who receives that. Now, let me show you. Watch this. Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. Let me show you another one. Ezekiel 18, 18. And 19 and 20. Who gets what I'm saying? Oh well, No, who sees what I'm saying? The, as for his father, because he cruelly oppressed, robbed his brother with, by violence, and did what is not good among the people. Behold, he shall die for his iniquity. Yet you say, why should the son not bear the guilt of the father? Because the son has done what is lawful and right, and has kept all my statutes and observed them, he shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father. Do y'all see this? So again, if if we see a truth uh, taught in scripture that seems to contradict another passage of scripture, God is not wrong; we are incorrect. So I'm showing you other scripture to support what. Moses was saying to the children of Israel. He wasn't saying you're going to be cursed because of what your father's done. He was saying because of the actions of these individuals. God will visit you the same way he visited them if you adopt these same idolatrous actions, tendencies, and behaviors. The soul who sins said that the sons do not bear the guilt. Oh, okay, so guys, you can stop saying This is a generational curse. Perhaps it's a generational tendency, proclivity, but you are not cursed, beloved. If all I seen growing up was daddy drink, then it's more likely than not in a lot of cases you're going to adopt the same if mama daddy was promiscuous and I was uh, uh, exposed to that, it's likely that I could pick up that same. So I'm not cursed. I'm just doing what I see. If daddy was a smoker, if mama was a smoker, if, if they were cursed or whatever they were, I'm more inclined to pick it up because I was in that environment. That goes back to what we talked about being fractured. So now. Three generations later, I'm cursing just like they curse. I'm not cursed. I'm just cursing because I was exposed to cursing. It's not a generational curse. Generational habit that was passed down. Are you here? Notice we're talking about trapped by traditions and haven't even got to Mark 7. Are you here? The righteous of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. But you 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 are not, let me start verse 20. The soul who sins to die, but the son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. Do you see this? Then too, even with all of that, Alina, we are under a different covenant. Are you here? So stop declaring that you are cursed. You're not cursed. Now, where were we at? So we're talking about trapped by traditions. What do you mean being confined in prison, stuck in traditions of men, rituals that were handed down, those commandments that man took and made God's law? And you would be amazed of the amount of people who have aborted their God given destiny and purpose, led astray, led off the path of God, all because they chose tradition over truth. Are you here? Is that clock right? So, what, again, what do I mean by tradition? Taking a commandment or opinion of man and promoting it as a doctrine of God. That's what we're going to find in Mark 7. So again, we're talking about things that are handed down, passed on to the next generation. And just let me say, one of the dangers of following the tradition of men, it makes the word of God of no effect. In other words, it cancels, it invalidates, revokes, annuls God's word. That's why you can have all the good intentions in the world, but if I'm out of agreement, And I'm not in agreement with this word. It nullifies it. And you got people who are choosing tradition over truth. Are you here? Let let, let me show you this verse, Colossians 2 and 8. You done got a whole lot in these last little several minutes. See, it, it, see, people think it's not serious. You, you, you'll be amazed. of, of And see, the, the thing about tradition, when you're bound by, by it, it causes great trepidation, fear. That's why when you try to introduce something new a lot of times, even in the church, you hear this. Well, we've always done. This is how we've always done it. So nobody wants to. Amended because the fear. And if you throw much of the stuff that we just do out of tradition out, most of us will be out of church at a relatively decent hour. Like here. Why? Because we're not adopting any man-made traditions into the service. See again, nothing. God bless whoever. Cause I see now the little flag start going up. We're gonna remove the announcements. Why? People get bent all out of shape. We've always done announcements. We've always did Usher board anniversary. We've always did. And see, and when you throw a lot of that stuff out. You would get home on Sunday rather than Monday. And nothing against, see, again, ever's tradition. See, it's one thing to do it just because, okay, it's so just we, we do it. And it's another thing to hold it as a commandment and a law by God to do it. even traditionally in our culture a lot of times if I'm not up here entertaining giving you a show if you will you think I'm not really doing much <laughs> because you're looking for the 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 booming and the banging and the running and the jumping and and and, and... see God is God bless whoever, amen. Hey, I'm just saying, we we, we can't call that all the time the right way. Nor can you call all types of teaching the right way, because you got people who are teaching but still in error. I'm just, the, the point I'm making is how sometimes we let tradition be so cemented that when some type of normacy or truth comes in, we kick it. I know that to be true. But we don't live by feelings. And that's what that's what we want. We always want to feel good. It, listen, if you change your thoughts, get your thoughts right, you will feel good whether the music is playing. Whether it's silence, whether you're in a room by yourself, full of you will feel good at will. Are you here? And I'm gonna close it right. No, let's read this verse. Okay, let, let's read this verse. No, it's my birthday, sir. And and, and I, I, I and I have I, I have already vowed. I'm cutting my teaching short by 15 minutes each week. Y'all not going to see traditionally y'all want to run and preach it. I'm, I'm, I'm free from that bondage. I'm going to be here teaching your great, 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 grandchildren telling them about what kind of member you were. Yeah, I knew your mama. Yeah, she was a good lady. I knew your daddy. Yeah, I, I knew Joe. Yeah, he, he was faithful sometimes. <laughs> I'm just serious. Listen, listen, let's read this verse. And let me, and, and it sounds funny, but you'll be amazed at how many preachers traditionally feel like if, if I'm not preaching on Sunday, listen, listen the, the church can go to... Hades in a handbasket. Well, to be told, they're going to do that whether you're preaching or not, if that's the case. If they're going, they go already. So if you're missing one Sunday, two Sundays, three Sundays, your church can fall apart. Sir, ma'am, that is not good. You deserve a break. You deserve rest. You deserve to take a step back and get yourself together. Are you here? So that's why you know. Pastor going to be back Sunday. <laughs> That's how we like for our pastor to get rest. You no, know, he, you no, know, he. I, I don't know, but whoever's teaching the word, we're going to get fast. See, that should be the mindset. That's, from pastor on down, anybody, I'll, everybody, trying to get up here and hit home runs. So that's why we can do that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about. Things like that. Whoever's teaching, oh, I know it's gonna be good. Amen. Why? Because they've been trained, they've been taught. Amen. You hear? You, you can get fed good whoever's up here. So let's read this verse. Colossians 2, that we'll pick up. Sometime later. <laughs> so to it, no, see to it. So to it, too. <laughs> See to it that no one carries you off as for you or makes you yourselves captives by, captive by this what? So-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense following human tradition, men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. Just crude notions following the rudimentary and elementary teachings of the universe. Disregarding, watch this, disregarding the teachings of Christ, the Messiah. Again, we're talking about traditions. What? Huh? Trapped by traditions. Okay? So, again, we're talking about taking we're talking about man's opinion or man's commandment and promoting it as a doctrine of god and as a result we've been held by those things and it's making the word of god barren in our lives because we're more held by traditions than we are the truth that liberates and we'll pick up next time come on let's give the lord a hand clap of praise